Voluntary. Then, after eight months, the thunderclap. It would alter earthly geography. It altered the geography of duty, and it enhanced all escape routes. It was not the thunderclap of war, at least in the clear and direct sense. It was not the declarations of the Prime Minister, or the news that the enemy was in Samoa and New Guinea, and his flotilla of cruisers and raiders was already at sea, or about to take to it and make the Pacific and Indian Oceans perilous. It was not the rush to make a full-blown army out of a mere framework of weekend militias. It was not a renewed awareness that the valley was numerous in Bavarian Catholic cowcockies, now likely to be less loyal even than the Irish. It was a letter addressed to her father and her by Naomi in Sydney. There is a call for military nurses. Unless you have sharp objections, I'll apply. But any acceptance is unlikely. If Sally feels that she would be left without proper help, I will, of course... Recently, Sally had begun to favour the day shift for its busyness, leaving the house with stew and potatoes bubbling on the great iron range, fuelled with the fallen branches of ringbarked trees. In her noon absence, her father would eat some of this, and when she returned at dusk, always declared it had been top class. It was good that he was not a complainer, that his hard-mouthed taste was not broad, and any food involving meat, potatoes and green peas, fulfilled his idea of nourishment, as long as it was served scalding. But even before the great change in the world, she had known in some secret chamber of the mind that she was readying herself for an escape. One all the more, not less, daring and reckless because it did not involve tunnelling or scaling walls. On the excuse she would be home too late from the hospital, she had started to get the Sawley girl to cook her father the evening meal. Many would see what was coming their way, the womanless homestead which would be his lot, and they would rant and plead. But Mr. Durance did not show any sign he intended that. He stated a thoughtful and unblaming awareness that in the end both the girls would go, for Naomi had already proved it to him. Neither love nor blood nor begging, he wisely and grievingly knew, could hold a man and his children under one roof and unto death. At some time, the roof would change itself into a wheel which span off the children. This month, if the occasional herald which reached the farm could be believed, the roofs of the world had become a wheel for crushing the breasts of mothers and fathers. If Naomi could be shrugged off by this roof in the Maclay, then she, Sally, was fit also to be thrown out on a tangent over earth, and perhaps over oceans, whose scope might even reduce her crimes as a daughter to the size of an atom. There was as well a problem she had with a farmer's son named Ernie McAllister, about whose suitability for her and her suitability for him it seemed a number of people had already decided. She'd let herself be taken to Crescent Head to swim, and once to the Flickers at the Victoria. The College of Women, her late mother too, had just about chosen to allot her in their minds to young McAllister, like real estate. The tedium of all this frightened her. The federal letter calling for nurses arrived at the Maclay district the same day as Naomi's, and was left in the nurse's room by the matron, in case any of her four charges felt the drag of history. Sally approached her matron and told her that she would like to apply. It would probably be for nothing. 
The matron was, however, English-born and ardent on the empire and the war, and she gave Sally leave. Sally intended to try to fit the business of potential enlistment in Sydney into two days and two nights. She sent a telegram asking to stay not at Naomi's flat, but at the more spacious Randwick house of her Aunt Jackie. She knew this would be considered by Naomi as a stringent step, that it would be correctly interpreted as resentment of the urban sister and an avoidance of the unease rising from the murderous sucker they had extended to their mother. But something was rampant in Sally, something that said crazily that Naomi should not feel entitled to keep the whole of the war and leave Sally with the crumbs of a languishing peace. In Sydney by morning and rushing by tram to Victoria Barracks, Sally entered a drill hall where other women stood half bewildered.